You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns. I'm Jen. This is episode eight. And I'm Mick. Welcome back. How are you feeling today? I'm doing pretty good. Um, glad to be back recording. <laughs> I'm just thinking about our last episode and I can still taste that MRE. It haunts me. <laughs> yeah, we had to burn some candles to get the smell out of the house for a little while, didn't we? Ooh. Yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that and yes. have checked out the YouTube video where we kind of break down the different options that we tried. Uh, so give that a, a shot on our YouTube channel at Chakras and Shotguns. Um, yeah. So we're going to lead into part two. But before we do, I'll lead us in a little bit of breath work. All right, man. Let's go. All right. So this is a, a pretty basic um, breath work exercise. We're just going to do some mindfulness breathing. Just want everyone to focus on their breath. Um, so let's get into it. Um, I want everyone to sit up nice and straight. I want you to rest your hands on your knees. Relax your shoulders. Relax your core. Relax that tension that you have in your face and in your neck. And let's just, for three breaths, bring all of our attention to our breath. I want you to focus on the inhale. And how it feels going in your nose. And just feel that breath as it exhales from your lungs. So just really focus on that for three breaths. Let's start now. Two more. Last one. All right. Hopefully you guys are feeling nice and relaxed and focused. Thanks, man. All right. So we'll jump right into our interview with our special guest today. Woo woo. First guest. Ah! <laughs> All right. So we're continuing our Where We About to Eat At two-part series. Last week, we discussed some food preps that you can do that basically involve purchasing food uh, that has a longer-term shelf life, you know, the MREs, the freeze-dried food. Those are some, some things that you can have ready for any type of emergency that may arise, and you'll, you'll have it on hand already. Um, we're shifting focus today. Yeah. So today, we wanted to shift the focus and talk about growing your own food. It's sustainable, it's fun, it's healthy, you can get your kids involved, and we also think that getting your hands in the dirt and connecting with nature can be a spiritual experience. If you listen to our Root Chakra episode, we talked about grounding and just like getting more in connection with the earth, so gardening hits both parts of Chakras and Shotguns today, yeah? yeah? For sure. Um, having your own food growing in your backyard is definitely a way to make sure you're prepared for any type of, you know, natural disaster or uh, situation where you need to, uh, you know, secure your own your own food. So, 
definitely hits both chakra and shotguns. Cool. So story time. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about our growing our own food journey. Um, so during COVID. Yep. Um, had a little bit more time on our hands um, and wanted to just kind of get into some gardening. And so for me, I ordered um, one of those veggie boxes, which is basically like a little hydroponics kit. It comes with like a light um, that kind of provides the, the the sunlight, the artificial sunlight for the for the seeds that are in the box. Um, and so I started out with just some some basil uh, and some oregano. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there was a, was it time we also had in there yeah, as well? Cilantro. cilantro. Yeah, it was cilantro. But um, what survived? Just the basil. <laughs> yeah. So I, I didn't do that great, uh, when we kicked that off. Um, but the basil's still alive and, you know, a, almost a year later, it's still, it's still producing some nice basil that we can throw on some pasta and whatnot. Yeah. And it's like, I like to cook and I love Italian food. Um, yeah. but there's only so much bolognese I can make. Yeah. So we we give away a lot of basil. It's like a parting gift if you come to our house. Yeah. You get a little bit of basil because we just have so much of it overflowing. Mick was throwing it in his water at one point. Yeah, just try <laughs> basil water. Why not? Just I have so much of it. Why not? Why not do that? Um, so I wanted to graduate after that that uh, veggie box basil, uh, and so I ordered like a already kind of all you have to do is follow the instructions to put it together raised bed. Before that though. Didn't you watch the um, masterclass? Oh, I did. You're right. You're right. So yeah, I got it. I got the masterclass subscription as a gift, and so I watched the um, the one about gardening. Uh, I forget the the gentleman's name, but it's a black dude. And he's like based in L.A. Yeah, and he kind of gives you the the basics of of gardening. Um, so yeah, that that then led me to to going online and, and buying that um, that raised bed. Um, and so yeah, I started with uh, with kale, um, and so I had a, a bunch of kale seedlings that I put in there. Um, and so for those that may not know, there's, you know, seed and then seedlings. So seedlings are kind of like, uh, seeds that have already germinated. They're kind of like baby plants almost. Um, and you know, seed is just like the actual seed. So I started with seedlings. It's supposed to be easier to go with, with seedlings. Um, and it did pretty well for a while. Um, but then the ice storm hit mm-hmm. and I didn't quite take care of my, my kale babies during that, uh, that temperature drop and it all died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty sad. I didn't even get to eat any of my kale. Just wasted kale. And and I want to paint the picture. We had we had stuff inside and outside the house. So if anybody's ever watched the show Weeds, yeah. <laughs> we had grow lights like everywhere. And I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. What is going on? So that was when I was also trying to do a seed box. So that so you're, so you're it's a little two different things, right? So the seedlings that were the kale, they were growing in the raised bed outside. Yes. But I was also trying to start seeds indoors yes from seed um and so that's where the grow lights came in and yes none of those actually survived either that was <laughs> that was also not a not a very successful experiment uh, but no so the, the ice storm killed my kale i killed my own seeds because i just <laughs> wasn't doing it correctly um but then we tried at, to basically reuse those beds to grow some different herbs and we had mixed success. Um, some of them survived. We had some calendula that's still alive. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit of lavender that survived. This is my burgeoning herbalism. Like I was getting into herbalism. I was like, I'm going to grow some of my own herbs. I'm going to talk to them. And it's just going to be beautiful. Yeah, we had some and intentions in there. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah they, uh, not all of them died. We, like I said, we still had some that, that some survived. Some are holding on. Some yes. are still holding on. I'm showing um, myself some grace on there. But yeah, so I was having a conversation with... Um, Kira, who's a friend of ours, um, and she was like, "Yeah, so you're struggling with your garden, uh, and I think I have somebody that you should you should talk to." 
insert our, our special guest who's here today with us. Our first guest. Yeah. It's the first guest on the podcast. Woo-hoo. So we want to welcome Darcia Houston. Yes. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, so yeah, Darcia comes over with her pickup truck. She has uh seeds and seedlings and her, her special nutrient blend. Um, and she basically just hooks up the garden and, and helps me get my life together when it comes to to gardening. Yeah, she saved our entire garden situation. I was like, hang it up, flat screen. This is not <laughs> this is not my ministry. We thought we had black thumbs. Black thumbs. <laughs> it's annoying, but <laughs> I was like, no, we can do it. Um, but yeah, we were about we were hanging up the towel. Yeah. Uh, or throwing in the towel. Throwing in the trowel. <laughs> okay. Garden that is a okay. Cute one. okay. 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 <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, but yes, so we want to welcome Darcia. Um, she is multi-talented. She is an entrepreneur, uh, an author, a motivational speaker, a farmer, and a permaculturist. Ooh. Want to tell us what that is first? Uh, what, is a, what, what is a permaculturist? So every time we talk about anything with agriculture, permaculture, horticulture, you know, look at permaculture being the most permanent type of of life, way of life. It is the growing process that we can use that's sustainable, that will ask us to use our waste, zero trash, you know, it's like zero waste or whatever, um, zero till. Um, there's no need to go through unnecessary processes if we just kind of like grow right, um, meaning that we are encompassing what was here. We had a forest, we had shrubs, we had, you know, what is it called? Ground cover. We had a multitude of things, but then we create society and city. And that's why we have to have things like horticulture and things to actually create an environment. But permaculture is the most permanent kind of uh, agriculture that you can engage in. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, So first, can you um, tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you got into to gardening. Definitely. My mom was, uh, has always, uh, was born with a sickle cell disease, not trait like I have. And, I had um, that too. okay. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But not, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, so she, um, she didn't learn how to walk and things until she was around five, you know, very delayed in her development or her cognitive, her motor skills, a lot of delay. And one of the things that, um, allowed her to create and uh, provide a, you know, like go to work and provide a household was because, um, you know, I think diet. My grandmother was a professional chef. Her last name was Cook. And um, she actually was so engaged in my diet because she thought that I was going to get her child sick. Mm. So, you know, me going to school, being around other people, total social butterfly. She just, and the same things that we are afraid of now, COVID has not changed anything for me. This was my way of life. Um, Social distancing, all of that as a result of suffering, someone suffering in my family of an immunity disorder. So diet became everything. Um, I would go to my grandma's house. You know, she's like babysitter, you know, of everybody. And she'd be like, when's the last time you had a bowel movement? 
Yeah. <laughs> I say, I think, I think, go on in there and get a laxative. Uh-uh, uh-huh. you know. And so she would mix the laxative with the coffee. And, you know, coffee's already yeah. its own thing. <laughs> so I don't drink coffee. Um, but that is how I initially understood that my mom was going to stay healthy based on her diet and based on my ability not to get sick. So I would, and I think I consciously also did not ever want to be sick because then I wouldn't be, get to be around her. Gotcha. She would have to put me, so, you know, do something else with me. So I'm like, I'm the most healthy, <laughs> I'm healthy, yeah. you know, yeah. and I would just like play it off. But um, yeah, so me starting with gardening, uh, my grandma and the situation, she used to work for a Jewish home that they had kosher meats. They made their own ice cream and butter and everything. So they were supposed to dump all buckets and pots and everything at the end. But my grandma was raising so many people like we needed that at the house. Yeah. So we would use and people hate when I say that don't tell people the little trash bags, the little compost bag, whatever the waste is supposed to go in. Yes, yes. That's what grandma would put our little, you know, leftovers in. And I would go and bust open a bag of that in the refrigerator versus, um, you know, breaking up a bag of chips or something different. I had access to anything. But I just really, really appreciated that ice cream that they made, you know, that butter, yeah. their spaghetti, this, all the dishes. So um, she just kept reiterating these things. But as I grew up, I developed allergies. I started gaining all this weight. I had inflammation. But the allergies is more the telltale than to anything because when I left my my grandma's care and was in full time care of my parents and cousins and aunts or whatever, then I had allergies. Gotcha. So mm-hmm. if I'm hearing you right, when you were at your grandma's, you were eating more from the ground, like kind of more natural foods. Yes. Things that you guys were planting yourselves, and so she kind of got you right. involved in, in kind of that. And the only with with the garden that we did have, a lady that worked with my grandma, she came and started our garden, and I didn't know until now that that was an edible garden. Mm-hmm. So we weren't in the business of actually growing and harvesting, but. I was also hindered some information on my mom's and my dad's side. My grandmother, my great grandmother was a full fledged farmer and my grandpa on my grandma's side. And on my dad's side, my dad was raised on a farm. And it wasn't until I jumped into this career that either one of them spilled the beans. Nobody Mm -hmm. wanted me to go into a field of work. So, okay. So if they didn't want you to, how did you, how did you find your way into the career then? I just, it just felt right. I just, everything about it. I ended up wanting, I thought I, no, I had an in-home daycare for 10 years. Let's start there. Okay. I had an in-home daycare for 10 years, um, focused on boys, their corpus callosum and the way that they think. The reason I had to start this is because I had three kids and married with the, as a homeowner by the age of 22. So we got a lot going on yeah. and I can't afford nobody's daycare and diapers at the same time. You something gonna have to give. Mm-hmm. So I had to be the daycare, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so incorporating these foods and things to in, in the daycare, I was able to control so much and add to and uh contribute to my own health and then to the kids and so forth. So for the daycare, were you like utilizing a garden to kind of help provide the, yes. the, 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 okay, gotcha. Outdoor gardening. Well, outdoors, we were actually doing everything, but we did an in-home uh, garden or a uh, window garden. And how we did that and why we did it is because my husband's a general contractor. He builds everything we have and do, but somebody ordered some stairs and they never picked them up. So we was like, okay, we done lost this money. I don't know if you know about stairs and that type of wood, but that's a lot of money. So he just turned them upside down, 
Um, yeah. Braced them in the back and filled them up with soil, and okay. we started growing at the window. We had carrots, we had beans, we had, uh, I think we had some lettuce. Um, and so, was that your first time gardening, or had yes, you? Oh, okay. that was my very first time gardening. And this leads me to my dad coming over, okay, telling us, bragging about how he knows how to grow because how he was raised. <laughs> Really? Do tell, young man. Yeah. You know, so I'm listening, I'm listening. I actually got irritated. So how, why don't, why didn't I know that? Why yeah. didn't I know that this is where I'm from? Interesting. So I think that's, that tells a, a similar story to a, a lot of African-Americans, right? Where we have that family that kind of goes back to the farm mm-hmm. and we've, you know, moved away from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that knowledge, a lot of those recipes, they said, mm-hmm. you know, losing mm-hmm. recipes, like that, there, that's there, right? Yeah. Where I think you know my my mom's mom. She grew up on a farm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Jen's mom's my mom, mom. My mom grew up on a farm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we have that that connection. Right. We, we don't necessarily have the knowledge, right? We're we're, we're descendants of farmers, right? Like one two generations away, right? And we're over here killing kale and, <laughs> and, and plants, right? So. <laughs> The yeah. most amazing thing, when I used to manage uh, the We Over Me farm at Paul Quinn College, they turned their football field into a farm. I had work college students. Okay. One, they get assigned to me. If they don't come and do their due diligence and see where they want to work and actually apply, they might just get put in some places. So a lot of people just got put on the farm. Gotcha. And so one baby, she, she, mom, oh no, they put me down here on this farm. She said, uh-uh, you go up there into that office and you ask, you tell, let me talk to somebody in charge. Cause I sent you to the college to work with your head not with your hands Mm. and i said checkmate that's the reality there's a reality there that um you know people don't want to get dirty yeah and i i I told the babies oh you it's not about getting dirty this is about soil look it up yeah and the the definitions prove them right Mm. they don't want to be of filth they don't want to be of you know the definition of the true definition and so that's the real hard thing to get over it was it's interesting we i I feel like we have um devalued Mm -hmm. some of those like living off the land skills right yeah yeah and it's coming full circle now i think people are trying to get back into it and right as as this natural movement uh kind of continues to build momentum right we want to have the the organic stuff the natural stuff Mm -hmm. um and What's more natural than like growing it yourself in your back in your backyard? Growing your own food. Yeah. There was also something you said um, that was interesting of like how your mom and your dad didn't tell you about mm-hmm. it, but like you just kind of felt this pull yes. to it, where it's like I've I've noticed that it's something I've been like listening to and and looking into is that it might even be ancestral. Yes. But there's this calling there mm-hmm. yeah. that pulls you back no matter how far away. Yes. You're you think you might be getting away from it, mm-hmm. so that's really interesting. For sure. Um, so I think I want to help our listeners get started in their garden, yes. right? So I want you to talk a little bit about what the maybe the best crop to start with might be, or mm-hmm. maybe crops they should avoid, or maybe a little too tricky to to, gotcha. to, to do with your first go around. What do you, what do you think about that? For me, um, I don't care where you live. My number one crop to grow um, is two of them, but number one that's makes me feel so successful is radish. That thing germinates so fast and it's something I can actually, it's a whole vegetable, which I can eat the top, the stem and the root system of this, you know, crop. And the other one is bean. 
because when I, the growing mediums on being, being is powerful. I take it to places like the Mark Cuban Basketball Center, um, Estelle Village uh, in Highland Hills. I'll take it to um, the Browns over there across the street in Mountain Creek. But wherever the garden club situation is, I take the bean. And the bean, I take it with a glove because all this COVID now, everybody's got gloves on hand and everybody's got cotton balls. And I will put the cotton balls in each finger and ask the children, well, I ask them to do all that, but then I ask them to put the bean in there. And then I ask them just to tie it. And I ask them from there, what does something need to grow? And they say, it needs dirt to grow. We need water. (laughs) It needs air. I said air. You know, they're going back and forth. And I said, so are these beans going to grow? No, because they don't have no water. You know, they don't have this. And I, I reiterate these things to them only to solidify that, yes, everything does need soil and all these other things, but not everything needs these things to start. Mm-hmm. And so all of the beans in these gloves within the next week will germinate. Gotcha. What kind of beans specifically? Pinto, uh, lima, uh, navy, okay. Okay. Um, black IP. Gotcha. It gotcha. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Beans are, and they're nitrate fixers to the ground. Mm. Um, but the reason I plant that radish is because radishes, they grow so fast, but they will uh, provide a rooting system in your soil before you might even be thinking, you say, I got this garden and I'm just, it's just going to sit here right now. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait until the fall. Cause see, I like to grow green. Yeah. I don't want to grow, <laughs> I want to grow green. Yeah. So with that said, if you got your garden right now, throw out your radish seeds right now Okay. and throw out some onions. You know, some uh, bunching onions, those those green onion bunches. And the reason I say that is because you want to infuse nutrients and you want to give mm. your ground some opportunity to open up for you. Yeah. We want to do what we want to do. We want to throw the seeds down, but our soils are not prepared. And a lot yeah. of times when we are in new developments, even of houses and things, you don't know what they've disturbed under the ground when they were putting your house yep. together and things. So I do say you have to land read also, but if you are unsure, go ahead and start in a raised bed. And then from there, um, when that raised bed, intend for that raised bed to break down. Because once it breaks down, it's already healed the ground and you can continue to garden in that same spot. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's um, it's interesting that you mentioned radishes. Um, <laughs> we actually just harvested our first, our first couple of radishes. Um, we didn't realize how spicy raw radish was. Yeah. We kind of we kind of bit into it. Um, <laughs> we had our we we took our we took our oldest out there. We were like, we got a radish, mm-hmm. and she held it like it was the most her most prized possession. <laughs> and my radish, I want to eat my radish. And so we sli- we sliced it. And took a bite in and we were like, no, you can't eat this. You can't have this. And she was like, she like, you know, had a whole fit. You right. Wanted to have the radish. Right. Like, girl, you know, if you have this ready. radish. You're not mm-hmm. ready. Yeah, you know, you can't I was like, it. what have I been eating? Yeah. Right. Doesn't that make you think yeah. at the grocery store, what in way, what way does we, do we have this kind of heat, the, the heat that's needed? Right. You know, this is an antifungal, you know, type mm-hmm. situation because of that heat. So with yeah. that benefit is so got to be there. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I started growing radishes that I fell in love with them because I need the heat. Yeah. I didn't like radishes from the grocery store because what is this? What is that? I don't. <laughs> exactly. They're also really good roasted. Yeah. For sure. Right. For sure. Yeah, I wanted to go back to um, what you said about the beans and the mm-hmm. nitrates. Mm-hmm. You said something about nitrate. Yeah. Can you explain a little bit for the 
maybe novices out there want yes. to understand what that means? So I'll give you a great example. Um, you know, like when you form a business, you want to make sure you have a marketing person and a CPA, maybe a lawyer. You know, <laughs> you want a whole slew of people that are professional around you. And that's the same with your garden. They want to have professionals. Who's got the nitro? Who's got the gas? You know, who's got the air? You know, whatever that is. And so when you grow things um, individually and you start to notice maybe that your leaves are yellowing or something, that might be a deficiency. And usually it's like a nitrate deficiency. Nitrate is something that I could go get a fertilizer, you know, or something of, but if I want to imagine what nitrates can do, I would think of an uh, a stream that has fish. Mm. And, you know, you have this ecosystem mm -hmm. that's very balanced to where there's algae, you know, just enough, you know, mm -hmm. not like an infection. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just got enough of everything. And beans will provide you with a constant feeding of nitrates as long as they're within the garden. Um, so you're just looking to amend the soil when, when things are wrong. But if you plant correctly, you'll notice that. Uh, indigenous Indians uh, plant in sacred geometry, and they also plant with companions in mind. Mm. Um, so the bean it has two favorite family members; they're sisters, and it's the um, corn and it's squash. Nice. And so they grow together uh, based on the guild that needs to happen. Uh, know that our soil is the land skin. And the reason you're going to continue to always get weeds is because it's going to it wants to cover itself. It wants some clothes. Mm. You know, mm. it doesn't always want to be bare because you want it to be bare. Got so it. if you don't want it to be bare, you got to put what you want there because there's something's going to come anyway. Nice. So I, I think that's a great mm -hmm. lead in to the next question. Gotcha. I think a lot of times people see they need to have like six inches, eight inches apart mm -hmm. for, mm -hmm. each, for mm -hmm. each plant. Right. Mm -hmm. And what you just said, we need to cover mm -hmm. that skin of the earth. Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, what's your recommendation on like, do you need to put a lot of space between the plants? Uh, or Yes, it depends on the actual plant. And now, so yes, the corn or the okra or whatever, you know, it might be a foot apart or two feet apart. Gotcha. Watermelon as well. But the reason that the three sisters are, are prevalent is because that corn would be planted about a foot apart. And I don't see that when I'm traveling the highways. You know, they're yeah. just so compact. But, you know, that corn, let's say a foot apart. And then I also have a squash. Squash is a ground cover. Those mm. leaves are so big and it's everything's going to sit on the ground and it's going to do what it needs to do and kill off the weeds. It, the, the sun is not going to be able to penetrate. You know, Got it's it. only going to it's only going to maximize nutrients for its pro product, its baby, yeah. which is the squash that we're trying to grow. Yeah. And then you got that bean that's that nitrate fixer because they're both heavy. Um, he they both need nitrates heavy. So that bean will climb up the yeah. corn. Mm. So you have a system um, and it's like a small guild, shall I say, but this will ensure that your weeding is minimized and that you have the crops that you need and you got a little nitrate yeah. little fertilizer in there. So it's interesting. I think, you know, going back to my story, right? When I started out with that raised bed, it's about two feet by four feet. And I had that kale in there. Mm -hmm. Probably had about eight kale plants mm -hmm. in there. You know, not maximizing my right. space, not tons of open area. <laughs> Darcia comes over. She's like, no, throw some radishes in there. Throw some carrots <laughs> in there. Got some lavender. You got some uh, rosemary. Mm -hmm. It's all like just, just like, you know, exploding with greenery kind of mm -hmm. coming from that one box where I only had like eight little small plants before. So it really kind of helped change my mindset about like making sure we have 
crops that are working together. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that space. So. And then for me on the outside, looking in and just coming and checking on the plants, I'm like, ooh, what's that? Well, we'll see. It's kind of like a, a fun little mystery. Yeah, right. I kind of forgot some of the stuff. <laughs> I know. That, that's what I wasn't saying. I was like, oh, and like right after you left, I was like, oh, and what's that? And he was like, oh. I, forgot. I think that's onion. <laughs> I don't remember. She told me. She told me what I forgot. I didn't write it down. I think you just started singing beans, greens, potatoes, tomatoes at that point. Uh, pretty much. I, we got it all. <laughs> Thanksgiving is going to be great this year, you know? <laughs> um, I want to talk a little bit about some of the common mistakes mm-hmm. that beginners make. Yes. Um, I know for me, mm-hmm. you came over and you were like, your soil is dry. Mm-hmm. You told me, oh, mm-hmm. uh, you're not getting nearly <laughs> enough water in there. Mm-hmm. You know, I was kind of going out there with my little, my little pail. Because the dude on, 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 on the master class, he kind of just, he didn't show you how, how much water you're doing. He <laughs> yeah. kind of just dumped a little bit on there. So I was like, yeah. oh, that's all I got to do. Like, you know, I was probably putting, you know, 16 ounces of water on and this. Like what? Two, maybe three times a week? I was going out there every day. Oh, you were? Yeah. Okay. But I, it was not enough every day. Right. right. And I was doing it at the wrong time of day as well. That part too. Um, so I, I'd love to, you know, have yes. Garcia chime in on how much water, what time of day mm-hmm. and why some of that is important. Definitely. So a few things. I went to one of my um, prominent locations and, you know, I was like, um, I can tell these things haven't been in the ground too long together because their watering requirements are going to, they're totally separate. So I, it told me that this was a staged garden mm. and this was not real as a result of some things being next to each other they're not supposed to be. Additionally, when you go to Home Depot, Lowe's, and you see these plants and you start to get inspired, you're like, I'm going to grow this and I'm going to grow that and I'm going to grow this. Um, but we very rarely look up. And if you look up, you'll see that certain things are under shade cloth. Mm-hmm. So when you bring them home, they need to be more under a patio, a nursery type thing. And the things that are very, very much in sun, full sun, they are going to need a lot more water. Um, so it just depends on watering. But the crops that you have, you have actual vegetables and herbs during the summer, especially right now, people make the mistake that it rained last night. And I don't need to water this morning. Yes, that was Mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And so your plants get stressed out the same way you would if you didn't have water. And so now they become diseased. You got a lot more gnats and you start to see holes in Mm -hmm. your leaves as a result of immunity. Um, their ability to communicate with each other and share like they, com- you know, they like made a pack when they got in there. Like, girl, I got you. Every time you need some water and they're not watering you right, I'm going to give you some water. But if you're not giving either one of them water and they talking crazy about you, you know. When you, <laughs> so then you're, you won't receive the maximum amount of benefit out of the nutrients if you're not talking to the plant. If you're not watering first thing in the morning, because their root systems are straws and they need to take a drink every time they, you know, it's important for them. And that's what I would uh, equate it to. Um, We won't, you know, keep our, we will never, never, not one time, no mommy in this world going to keep her baby without no milk or water. (laughs) For sure, for sure. So it has to be that love, that idea that you know that this plant is going to need more, you know. That's definitely, right. definitely. So I, I think now when I go out there, I have my hose. Mm-hmm. Uh, she told me, hey, that, that buck is not going to cut it. You can't fill it enough mm-hmm. times to get get the water you need. So I have my hose and I basically set a timer for five minutes. And yes. I just, on each bed, mm-hmm. stand there. Gotcha. You know, and make sure I get mm-hmm. I get plenty of water yes. all the way down to the bottom. Yes. Because, yeah, my soil was looking real dry. She, I, was, <laughs> I was embarrassed when she was kind of uncovering layers and like, look, there's no water I down here. I was digging. <laughs> 
So it was bad. Yeah, and it's a pretty deep raised mm-hmm. bed too. Mm-hmm. And I think you also have to take that into account mm-hmm. too, versus like if you were maybe growing something in a pot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then even soil. You know, sometimes people they're like, "I'm gonna grow," and they might go buy compost, and that's not light enough. So we were watering, remember? Mm -hmm. But the water was not penetrating. The water, it would make you feel like he was watering. He was just rolling off Mm -hmm. to the sides. It was not going down. So we literally had to dig and and aerate and put nutrients down there that can be absorbed by the, you know, um, by the water because the type of soil. So when we go purchase soil, I don't think all the time we are very aware that this might not be for, this might be for uh, starting just seeds. Or mm-hmm. this might be just for uh, microgreens or this mm-hmm. is just for hydroponics, you know, so we just have to pay attention and yeah. then modify because being in a food desert is the same, not saying you all are, yeah. but being in a food desert um, is very similar to being in a desert of anything, even though I hate that term because deserts are thriving. And they have everything they need. We just don't know how to operate in mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. But um, I, when I'm in southern southern Dallas, hardware stores where I can go get things if I see a yard that needs amending. I have to go all the way to North Dallas to do so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Um. So I wanted to also ask um, a little bit about compost, mm-hmm. right? I know that's a, that's an important part of, of a garden. Um, you know, something we started doing, we, we bought a compost bin. Um, you know, maybe everyone doesn't have the ability to, to start their own compost mm-hmm. pile, but maybe they can go and buy it um, mm-hmm. certain places. Obviously, you have your own nutrient brand mm-hmm. as well that can help out. So I guess let's talk a little bit about the importance of, of why you need to compost, why you need to add nutrients to uh, your plants. So many different reasons. Uh, spiritually, where does trash go? So you definitely should recycle goods that already came from, or I think it should come back. You know, like somebody, you give somebody an important, not to say I've ever done this, like, you know, I gave you a Louis bag. You know, if you don't want the bag, give it back. Don't yeah. just give it to somebody else, yeah. you know? So that's, so I think, I think nature or the universe is very upset that we don't understand to give back in that way, because that is the only way you can effectively grow for yourself. You're already eating a certain brand and variety of produce. And when that breaks down and you plant seeds in that, you're still reaping the benefits of what you actually put into the compost. So you'll never be without what you, your body actually needs. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you know, we, if we can think about it from that perspective. And then the other perspective is um, how many gnats and things that, you know, this actually does accumulate in your own house. Mm. And then to reduce trash w- trash waste on a commercial side, I think that that's also important. But if nothing else, your own health and wellness is the maximum, you know, that's the reason why you would do anything. And I think that that's why composting is important. And so much so your, your, your shells of your eggs, your coffee grinds, your tea bags. Your t- your coffee grinds, for one, can go into scrubs and stuff for your body. And it also can go in your bathtub along with those tea, you yeah. know. But then right after that, you know, there's like so many ways you can waste yeah. again. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just look at it like that. Compost is extremely important. And that's one of the first things. If you're really serious about growing, you might want to kind of you know, just start with composting because that helps you understand. I have worms that help me, you know, with the for composting. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm grateful for them and yeah. they are the composters. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I feel a lot more sustainable. Um, and you start to realize just how much 
organic material you are throwing, throwing away, away. Yeah. Um, before you start composting. Um, so, you know, we definitely had to to deal with the gnat issue and kind of get a system to mm-hmm. make sure we were Ooh. emptying it out of the mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, fast enough. So that was that was definitely something that was annoying Ooh. for a little while. But we are just coming off of a net infestation. Not almost like infestation, but we had a, we had a small net issue. Yes. yes, and I was like, I cannot figure this out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a banana peel that I forgot in the mm-hmm. compost bin. So <laughs> I know she's gonna throw me under the bus there, but yes, it was my fault. <laughs> Um, but no, we, we, we got that taken care of. Um, and yeah, our, our compost, uh, is now thriving. So I want to tell the listeners to, you know, go out there and, and do some Googling. Uh, mm-hmm. there's plenty of YouTube videos out there about how to effectively compost. You don't need a ton of space. Um, you know, there's different types of solutions out there. Yes. That folks can, can, I mean, can. even if you, cause a lot of people can't compost that live in apartments and they yeah. give it to me. Mm-hmm. My neighbors, I come outside and I just got little tr- little itty bitty Walmart trash bags and coals and yeah. everything as you could think of because somebody had some eggs, somebody had some a bunch of bananas, somebody bought the. I just come outside to so much, so just contribute to someone else if you can. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit about your children's book. Yeah, um, you know we we mentioned uh, earlier how gardening is fun with the kids, mm-hmm. and I know you have a character that you created. And yes, yeah. What did it- just let the listeners know about that. Awesome. So Major Melanin is a character that I created um, learning about permaculture in Cuba is when my group Soil and Soul solidified our mission um, on what we were going to do. And my particular you know, gift to the world, I wanted to inspire healthy habits, but I want to do it for whole families. And it just seems like when you know, especially during the 90s with, um, you know, Bebe's kids and Bart Simpson <laughs> or the Simpsons. And, um, you know, you have so many adults that are engaged with, you know, cartoons and mm-hmm. things of that mm-hmm. and comics and stuff, um, being that Superman and all those are still real. So I am a superhero, Major Melanin, and dun da da going to come and save the world with information about what's native and medicinal and edible in your yard. Mm. Awesome. So the goal is we're having lawn people come, they cut our yard. We also allow them to put pesticides and insecticides or we don't ask, they don't tell, Mm. whatever that is. But we're trying to get a green lawn and most of the folks I know don't golf. I don't get it. You know, you don't need a green lawn if you're not golfing. You need to eat. And there's a lot of things that are native that grow, especially dandelion, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I like to start with. That is what Major Melon will start with, is dandelion, move over to thistle, because they can be confused, mm-hmm. and just um, get more native grasses and examples for people to understand. And when they look at their, their lawn, they're not looking at grass anymore. They're like looking at medicinal properties. One thing that irked me so much recent, you have so many people... Um, Praying for a solution, you know, and I swear, you know, you just can't diagnose anybody because you don't know. They yeah. don't got no lab. But I'll just be like, oh, this lady just go into her garden or her yard and get this dandelion and drink this tea because she needs a detox. Yeah. You know, that's mm, all I'm saying. Yeah. It's in her yard and she is yeah. praying and paying. <laughs> yeah. we And dandelion is one of the things that they have on all of the weed commercials. Mm-hmm. It's like something right. you want to get rid of and right. folks don't realize that it's actually... Um, a really powerful. Right. Medicine. You got people that suffer 
um, financially that want cups of coffee that can't go get, you better go get them dandelion roots and roast them and get you some Folgers. That is coffee in the woods. It doesn't yeah. make no, you have coffee outside, you know, and you got lettuce, you know, you got a tea. Yeah. With one dandelion, you got coffee, you got a salad, and you got tea. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so do you have a date on Major Melanin when it's going to be released or is it already out? So Major Melanin is in the final stages of, I just approved the final uh, stages of her trademarking. Okay. Um, the name and the actual character. And she has, we're trying not to roll that out until we get a final approval okay. for our um, trademark. But um, her ads have been, if you think of, you know, like progressive insurance and flow, yeah. you know, major yeah. melanin sells filthy rich soil. Okay. So okay. that's the the bridge because gotcha. Gotcha. I go to um, grocery stores and um, purchase manager specials, you know, the very ripe bananas, mm-hmm. the old mushy beets and the turnips that are mushy as well. And I take them home. I put them in my nutrients and then I take it to market and I show people this is totally bounced back. It did not have leaves. Now it does. Now I'm able to harvest the turnip tops. I pull the turnip out. You see that it's created a rooting system and it is no longer mushy. If nothing else, this is the way to store our food. If it's not, you know, if nothing else, we can revive it and store it. And that's one of the reasons I even started this two years ago was um, through Wilmer um, Emmanuel Wealthy Legacy Foundation. Um, they had a, a black mayor out there in Wilmer and um, she was doing a food distribution from Sprouts and giving a lot of great produce, but it was so much and people weren't home when I was going to go deliver. And I was just like, I'm about to bury all these beets and all this ginger. Yeah. And then all these leaves came up yeah. and I was just like, I was thinking compost. Yeah. And it didn't compost. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I love that name, Filthy Rich Nutrients. It kind of flips the the, the whole filthy rich uh, phrasing there and, mm-hmm. and, and talks more about like the soil and, and the fact that you have this this nutrient blend. Um, I, I wanted to just ask if it's available outside of Texas. Can folks get it uh, around the nation or how, how do you Yes. Have so you can order um, online. It, it does have a shipping and handling with it. So I'm able to ship out. Right now, who's using the soil is... Uh, Soil and Souls in New York. Um, that's where I also, it's a big partnership that I have up there. In 2020, we won a Grow NYC award based on our work that we were bringing back from education from Cuba. And they've been allowing us to expand in so many ways. And just yesterday, I was offered an opportunity to see how we can make that connection happen there. Um, but here in Dallas, um, I plan to be in two locations, possibly three, by the end of the month. Gotcha. Nice. Um, I wanted to ask, what are the spiritual benefits from growing your own food? Oh, my goodness. Um, I have a short story from when I used to be the farm manager at Paul Quinn that is indigenous land. And Mm. so they cleared that football field. And um, once they started, you know, the garden, I'm out there and there was so much communication I was having with nature. It was so unreal. For one, my chickens were amazing, but anybody can have a relationship with chickens, you know, (laughs) me and Georgina are not special. However, 
I, you know, I'm out there, I got my headphones on, I got my music, What for whatever reason, um, I do listen to the orchestra first thing in the morning because I want to, you know, hear and see. You must pay attention to where you're growing. You want to see what birds are going on because they're waiting for you to plant so they can take the seeds away. You mm. don't know why nothing germinated. You know, I don't have a good thumb. You don't, you might have had birds, you know. Yeah. But anyway, so I'm out there harvesting and I, and I'm bobbing. I remember I'm harvesting tomatoes and I lean down. I can't get it. My hand wouldn't go. It just got stuck. And I, for whatever reason, I thought I need to hear better. So I took my headphones off and went to go do it again. My hand would not penetrate. It wouldn't go where I wanted it to go. I said, okay, let me just look a little deeper. I look and I see millions of spiders just hatching. Wow. You know, and I felt called, you know, I felt like that was a communication level that we have. So I think that that's so spiritual. I've gotten so much more in tune. And um, another thing as far as uh, body wise, I'm able to call in manifestations for self and personal Mm. opinion. Um, I, after tubal ties, I've been pregnant twice. And I'm just, um, I, I don't understand, but this last pregnancy, when they went back in to tie my tubes, they actually gave me a C-section mark to, because they wanted to go in surgically and tie them back again, cut them again. Um, within eight weeks after I started working on the farm, that keloid scar was gone. Wow. And I had had it a year before. Yeah. So I was just amazed by the, the ability to heal. When you're working in your own nutrients. Wow. Um, spiritually, I've been led to Hey Healer and many other um, spaces, very ironically. How I ended up in Cuba learning permaculture, always on a whim. It was just one event led to another, very, very optimistic about what I'm supposed to be doing. And I was willing to take any kind of pay cut and not have for my purpose in life. So mm. I think that that's all spiritual. And then also linking up with, uh, you know, families like yourself. Working in your garden, you're the first garden that I ever worked in that had, I was, you know, pulling up intention after intention. And no. I, I, was like, <laughs> I was like, this is so beautiful. Yeah. Because regardless what it ended up being, there was so, there was pure intention. And there is such, so rewarding to work with people who want the information and not because it's trendy or I just need to do it because I need to eat better. And my doctor said, or I got cancer. And I got so many people that's afraid to be in their garden and they, mm-hmm. they don't, they haven't set it up properly, but they didn't have an intention you know, at all. And I didn't read any of them. I stuck them right back in there after we got done. I said, wifey got these intentions and this is just beautiful. But it brings, it opens so many doors. Um, I learned so many new things that are healing, like um, funguses on wood and things of that nature. I'm like, what is this? I Witch's butter. I end up learning hmm. about witch's butter. What and is that? Can you tell us a little bit? Yes. About? So I, it's a, it's very high highlighter yellow. Um, it sticks out of old wood, mm-hmm. almost in a mushroom fashion, but looks like a disc. You know, it's, it's very, very secluded. Um, this particular brand was. But after looking at it, and I had to compare it to some other things it could have been, I suffered from, I went blind in my right eye um, October of last year. 
Okay. And so with Dr. Hubbard, um, with Comedic Care and Hey Healer is how I got my vision back. Wow. wow. But during this process, once I said when I say things that you need are there. During this process of healing, I see this witch's butter, and I'm like, what is going on with this wood around here? So I look it up, and I'm taking pictures and stuff, sending it to people. They tell me what it is, and it was a definite remedy, you know, for, like, eyesight and other things. Not to say that's what healed me, but if I really, really needed to, I could try to cultivate more of this particular product or see, you know, but I just felt like spiritually it is here because this is my situation Mm. that I'm going through and I can't explain it. Like, it is so cool. And then to learn how to save seed and then not purchase seed, be empowered because during this COVID and even a little before, honestly, I wasn't having access to seeds. Yeah. They, um, you know, the big seed companies weren't sending to small me. Mm-hmm. You know, I had to like go find some white person with an ag, you know, a big ag situation so I can order off of them because mm-hmm. I couldn't get what I needed. So that process going to Cuba, learning that, you know, how to save seed and be permanent and then our society fall the way it did. I was so, so, you know, grateful, but also felt so in tune and on time. But back to what you were saying, like called, you know, whatever, whoever, whatever parent decided that they were getting ready to get away from the family job, Mm -hmm. the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, I'm here to bring it back. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Well, before we wrap up, I just wanted to uh, ask if you could tell people where they can find you on social. Definitely. My website, www dot darcia houston dot com that's d a r c i e a houston dot com and then i'm on instagram at darcia houston if you're looking for nutrients i'm at filthy rich nutrients on instagram and on facebook i'm author dot darcia houston and we'll link all of that in the show notes for sure definitely Thank you so much for taking the time no to talk problem. to us about that. This I'm is sh- amazing. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. could have talked for another hours yeah. and hours and hours. For sure. like- <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Totally. This was really, really good. Hopefully awesome. this inspires some some beginners out there to get started in their garden. Um, yeah. And hopefully it works out. Feel free to reach out to uh, Darcia to get some tips. Um, she definitely is a consultant out here for, for the small time folks who are trying mm-hmm. to get, the, get their garden started. I can attest to that. Uh, so reach out for sure. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you all much success and hope to be back with my soul sisters. Yes. Thank right. you. Awesome. We really hope you enjoyed our first guest. And I know that was a lot to get through. So we're going to wrap it on up, get on up out of here. Yeah. So to just kind of close the loop, give you guys a few takeaways um, from our interview with Darcia. Uh, number one, just just kind of start simple. Right. So don't try to replicate your entire local grocery produce section, your entire local farmer's market on your first go. Right. Exactly. Like uh, Darcia mentioned a couple of crops. Um, so radishes, bean those tend to be pretty easy. You can get you a small kind of plot either on like your apartment um, kind of balcony area or fire exit uh, or just kind of a small area on your patio in the backyard and try out a few of those. Um, You can even start with seedlings, which I mentioned are a little bit easier um, to kind of get going uh, rather than starting from from seed. Um, Number two, know what grows well in your area. Um, So there are different um, temperature regions, uh, also called 
hardiness zones um, that you can look up online. Um, in the U.S., we have those listed on our USDA website. Um, for the international folks, uh, just go on to Google and, and figure out, uh, just type in you know your country and uh, hardiness zones, uh, and you should be able to find out um, what the local climate is and then figure out from there um, which plants will grow well during which seasons uh, in your hardiness zone. Mm. Um, number three, so uh, learn what combinations of plants grow well together. Um, so Darcia mentioned um, a few different crops. She talked a little bit about, um, I think it was squash, corn, beans that worked really well together. Um, whatever you d- decide to plant, uh, see if there's another crop that kind of complements it. Um, that will give you the opportunity to kind of maximize your space. You can have multiple different crops kind of closely uh, growing together. Um, so two or three uh, could work really well for you. Um, and then number four, I wanted to uh, just kind of highlight heirloom seeds. Um, Darcia mentioned having kind of a hard time getting some seeds. There are some places um, that you can order seeds from online. Uh, there's a great shop that I got my seeds from called Melanated Organics. Mm. Um, they're based in Florida um, and they had some really, really good seeds um, that I've been growing uh, for a little while now. Um, also, there's a, a IG uh, account. It's called Black Gardeners Matter. Uh, and they have a guide on their Instagram profile um, that has listings of garden centers and nurseries that you can support. Um, quite a few of them are black owned, which, uh, you know, we we try to support um, BIPOC businesses. Um, so great resource to find um, some, some uh, you know, seeds and water uh, plants and, and um, nutrients and things of that nature. Um, and then going down to number five, make sure you guys use plenty of water lots (laughs) plenty of water on your plants um as i mentioned um i was completely underwatering uh, our raised beds and so we were having not great success early on um and it wasn't until i started to kind of figure out with darcia's help like you know the layers underneath the top layer of soil just weren't getting any moisture um you know, I really learned, you know, just really spend a lot, a lot more time uh, applying water every day. Were uh, our plants in a thirst trap? Ooh, they were. They were. I like how you tied that to episode three. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so, yes, they were. They were quite thirsty. Um, and yeah, make sure you're doing that watering at the beginning of the day. So your plants have plenty to drink from um, all day. Uh, and then last but not least, make sure you are applying nutrients to your plants. Um, so you can find compost available in a lot of places. Um, you know, when you're buying it commercially, you don't always know what's in it. So check the reviews there. Um, if you have the opportunity, compost things yourself. Um, we'll we'll link a composting video for folks who are, are curious about composting. Um, or you can also check out Darcia's uh, Filthy Rich Nutrients. Uh, and that link is also in our show notes as well. You can reach out to her and get some of her nutrients to add to your plants. Dope. So as always, if you have any other questions, questions about this episode, questions about spirituality or preparedness in general, or, you know, you just want to, you want to tell us about a dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any of those things, send us an email to chakras and shotguns at gmail.com with the subject line question or dream. And Maybe we'll read it out on the show. Maybe we'll answer it. Um, also, if 
we've talked about a lot of different things. Go check out our show notes. We try and provide helpful links so you're not trying to figure things out and scrambling. Anything else, Meg? No, that's all. Um, Feel free to leave us a review uh, and follow us on Instagram as well. Yes. All right. Have a great day, you guys. Namaste. Namaste.